Hey. Hello. Hey. Wanna wanna, wanna know about something something pretty cool? Yeah. Uh we're doing extra episodes. <laughs> we're doing extra episodes, everyone. <laughs> Bonus episodes for your listening pleasure. VIP. Super VIP, super cool all the time. Yes. All you have to do is head over to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash art history babes. Mm-hmm. You can donate one dollar. You yeah. can donate five dollars. Yeah. You can donate a hundred dollars. Whoa. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You can donate whatever your little heart desires, and you will have access to monthly bonus episodes. So if you just cannot get enough of the art history babes, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. And the episodes are great. We've yeah. done one. It was and we're great. gonna do more, and it was good. More. It was really good. It was really, yeah. it was really topical and really <laughs> <It was> interesting, <laughs> very relevant. Yeah, everybody, check it out. And uh, thanks, thanks so much. From Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. Hey, oh, everyone. Hey. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> that was so great. That was so um, I remember watching this movie, I think, called For a Good Time Call, or like For a Good Time. Of course, that's time. what my voice for, reminds for you of. For a Good Time Call. And it's <laughs> these two broke girls, gals, who started doing phone sex. Like, they started a little phone sex business. I mean, it's lucrative. Yeah. Really? And they would just, like, be... They got so good at it that they would be, like, multitasking, like, painting their toes or, like, cleaning the bathroom and be like, oh, yeah. I'm, like, so not into it, but we're able to fake it. I knew someone who tried that once, the phone sex thing. She said it made her feel weird, so she didn't do it for very long. Oh, really? But, like, yeah. I feel like I would be okay with it. I I think I would be really bad at it. I'd oh, laugh the yeah. whole time. I would too. You're doing yeah. what? No. Yeah, I like. I don't know. I, yeah. Let's talk about our sex habits. <laughs> I just I like to keep things light and fun a lot of the time. So I feel like I would just be laughing and like. I, have a story. I don't know what I would do. I think I just go silent like I did just then. <laughs> when when he says something really uncomfortable, I'd just he's be like. like <laughs> Your face is so great. <laughs> I but have, I mean, I but mad props to people who are good at it. Like, yeah. because I think that that's a, I mean, it's a form of like acting. Like it's very, totally. a, a very theatrical totally. thing. What's your story? Oh, well, I had a boyfriend in high school who was very ahead, very ahead of his time <laughs> oh. as far as um, the things that he liked. And um, <laughs> ahead know. of his time. <laughs> well, you know, we were in Doing high school. Doing things for the future. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were in high school, for God's sake. But um, I didn't have a cell phone um, because I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 17, which I see kids nowadays running around I know, with an right? iPhone and they're like five. And I'm like, are no, you kidding that. me? Yeah. Ex- Seriously, when I have kids, they will get a phone when they have a car because I think that's a good time for a kid to have a yeah, right? yeah yeah um, and so it's not necessary younger than that his whole thing was like 
that I had a really sexy voice. And I was like... We had a listener that yeah. thought you had a really oh, sexy voice. That was totally. so sweet. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then I made my most unsexy voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but no, um, so yeah, he was like really into that. And um, so yeah, my parents would go to bed and then it was like phone time. And I, <laughs> I'd have to oh really God. make sure that my parents were asleep because I had to use the phone, like the house phone. I didn't have a cell phone. And yeah, one night it was like me on the phone and we're on the phone. I'm not going to get more into what was happening on the phone. They were on the phone. We were on the phone. I will never forget my mother's voice when she picked up the phone and was like, Jennifer! And just like broke my eardrum. And oh my God. My mom has freakish strength for a five foot tall. Mexican lady, and she li- literally kicked my door down, and I was in a lot of trouble. And um, so, after that, my my lovely my lovely boyfriend um, actually got me like a cell phone because um, wow. that was he was like, you know what, that was. Um, traumatic and terrifying <laughs> and uh here's a cell phone for you and i was like well thanks and that was my first phone wow little, little nokia flip phone that's like a low-key sugar daddy situation i know god <laughs> damn it <laughs> I, was, oh, I wasn't very nice to him you live and you learn <laughs> if you're out there you, you're a good boyfriend. Sorry I was a jerk, but anyway. Okay, I digress. But, um, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about... The color black. 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 Wow. Corey, <laughs> do you need a, a Ricola? Honestly, looking at, like, the sound waves when you Looks said like, that, like, she it said. looks like a centipede. <laughs> Like a millipede. <laughs> yeah. Like all the other ones. You know, we're up and down with our inflections, and that one's just like. A... I didn't know. I was trying to make it <laughs> ominous. <laughs> it was definitely ominous. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so we're talking so, about the color black. Yeah, yeah. As we've, if you've been listening to us for a while, we had our color theory episodes, and we've also done an episode on purple. Fuck yeah. Um, we've had intentions of sprinkling in episodes about specific colors because people really seem to dig that and think it's really cool so um this is i think we probably picked this one because we all are pretty partial to the color black so yeah there's i mean there's a lot to be said there's a lot of so much a lot of things this is the black episode yeah so obviously we'll we're gonna talk about black in in art but also some kind of social constructs revolving around black and different impressions of black. I wanted to start with a legend of the first uh, portrait or work of art ever, really. Oh. Uh, And it was done in black and it was done by a woman. (gasps) So imagine this. You are a young ancient Greek maid, maiden, woman. (laughs) And you're with your boyfriend in a cave because you still live at home. He still lives at home. That's what I did. You're not married, but... Dude, I go to a cave right now. Like, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds really cool, actually. Like, take me on a date to a cave. Take me to a cave. Yeah, like, I'm I'm in. That sounds awesome. So in this cave of wonders, 
the young man is a sailor and he's going to go away for a long time on a journey. And, you know, if you've... <laughs> a, no young, a young Odysseus, perhaps? Yeah, exactly, right? An Odysseus <laughs> you know, type. Anytime a young Greek man goes out to sea, he's going to be gone <laughs> for a long time. If anyone out there is dating a Greek man and he says he's going to the, away in the sea, <laughs> say goodbye forever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait around for that man's. Let yeah. that man go. Yeah. Let him, let him go. <laughs> so... This is the scene. <laughs> They're in the cave. She's very upset. He's sad. They're embracing. And, you know, they've built a little fire in there. And so, um, you know, to keep warm in the cave. And all of a sudden she notices his shadow on the wall. She picks up a piece of charcoal made by the fire and does an outline of him and fills it in. Hence, the first work of art, according to Pliny the Elder, um, wow. <laughs> who wrote about this in his Natural History. Yeah, I mean, um, clearly Pliny the Elder was uh, not taking into account all the like cave drawings and stuff that yeah, we found after the fact. Didn't but know about them. He well, didn't, he didn't. Yeah, no, like yeah, is what I'm saying. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He probably so, yeah. didn't know France was a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's Lascaux? Uh, well, I mean, no one knew cave art was a thing until for a long time. Yeah, for a minute. That's yeah. also an episode we got to do with some cave art stuff. Oh, totally. we'll do it. Yeah. Um, We're just really into caves now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shit, I've always been into caves. Right? So, according to Pliny, this is, you know, she starts representing her boyfriend. And she does it with the color black that comes from charcoal. So when you think about black in art and the materials that it comes from, they're ones that are really easy, easily accessible. Like you can make your own charcoal. Just put some sticks and fire and don't let them burn up totally. And then boom, boom, you got charcoal. Boom, boom. Uh, so like soot, charcoal, people had access to it. And that is a great way to represent figures and represent different representational Represent, representational. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but so I read about this and I talked about this book both in the Purple Mountains Majesty episode mm. as well as Color Theory, I believe part one, where I talked about blue. Um, this is a great book for anyone who's interested in the history of colors, color theory, um, and it has a lot of points in here that relate to art and art history. It's um, Color, A Natural History of the Palette by Victoria Finlay. You guys remember this? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, and I still want to get that book. It's a great How book. How could I forget? Um, it's a really... And very thorough. So this specific chapter that she has that I read is on black and brown, but I just read about black. I, anytime I saw brown, I skimmed over it because it's such a drab color. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll do an episode on brown sometime, too. There's a lot more to There's it. There's a lot to talk about. But I love, I love a good earth tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love I look it. good in earth tones, Me girl. too, dude. Yeah, earth you, tones are kind of my you jam. Do. We all do. We all. God. We just look good. <laughs> just looking good. I mean, especially fall coming up. Like, you want to rock those. I don't think I've ever true. seen any of us in a color that was non-becoming. Yeah. Because if I did, I'd be like, girl, take it off. Yeah. <laughs> You're not leaving the house looking like that. Go back inside. <laughs> but uh, back to black. Back, back to, black. to black. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Amy Winehouse. Yep. That was an important reference, everybody. Yeah. Really great album. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Amy. If you all want to take a minute to pause this podcast and go listen to that album, we 
totally support that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. I was listening to it earlier and oh. feeling very sorry for myself. Well, you know, that's, I mean, it's a good one to do it to, yeah. man. <laughs> Just driving, like, wistful, yeah. thinking about failed relationships. <laughs> and black, I mean. Yeah. And it's back to black. Right. And that's the thing that's so interesting about the color black. Yeah. It is associated with loss. Yeah. Death. Grieving death. Morning. Yeah, all of that. And at the same time, when you look at art, it's really used in so much. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was reading some stuff on early, early color theory, and um, Leonardo da Vinci said that black is kind of the absence of color were essential to the painter, and that black is the way of showing the shadows and the darkness as a way of dialing up the light and the color. So in a lot of cases, some artists have strayed away from black or they like really get into black and black is really, it absorbs all colors and reflects nothing back. So mm-hmm. in that way, it's an abyss. It's the yeah, abyss. It is. And sometimes it gazes back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm like, yo, stop looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at some artists that strayed away from black, I was reading about Monet and how he painted these pitch dark locomotives, but he didn't use black he just included a bunch of colors to make up the dark and there was a saying for a lot of impressionists there there's no black in nature which isn't yeah yeah it's not even remotely true in fact a a huge part of the universe is made up of dark matter yeah remember that that. so black is everywhere (laughs) we'll we'll get back to the impressionists a little bit later on and how they felt about black but yeah, um yeah so Pliny, i believe was wrong um <laughs> and surprise surprise where, where Pliny was wrong is that um really some of the first paintings are what we know of at least mm-hmm. are the the caves at Lascaux, right and so these paleolithic artists were using black that's the first real black and yeah. then like red so mm-hmm. things that you could that were easily kind of accessible. So, you know, from the earth and some of the most like intense, the intenser black pigments were being made by um, burning bones and, Mm -hmm. or grinding a powder of manganese oxide. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's even more why in so many ways black is associated with death because it's made from bones in yeah. some cases. It makes sense. Um, or it's made from things like soot. So, you know, burning. From, from dust you we know. will arise and to yeah. dust we shall return. Right, right. It's all dark. Yeah. <laughs> this totally. is a dark episode. I'm, yeah. I'm in a really good mood to talk about <laughs> darknesses um, because, yes. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, in a lot of cases too, black through for various cultures over various historical periods was a color of power and protection. You know, you have examples of the word coal comes from the Arabic word kahala, meaning to stain the eyes. And this is done to, um, under the eyes to protect the, the eyes actually from oh, things in, in the air, yeah. but also to protect people from demons in this belief. Oh. And so, um, and still that trend of, like, using black eyeliner, black mascara, like, that 
black is a really powerful color for the face. Truly, oh, truly. We see this in the ancient Egyptian sort of oh, like you know tradition it. of wearing very thick black eyeliner yep. um, to highlight the eyes. I don't know how many of you out there feel completely ready to take on the world when you get that perfect <laughs> eyeliner going on. It's like you put on war paint. Yeah. Like, I feel real. a thousand times more confident when I'm like, the wings are on point yeah. today. They're symmetrical. Dude, I feel you. It's so, it's so important for me too because I have t- teeny tiny little eyes. Like they're just like little guys. They're just tiny. And I mean, I have really big glasses, so that kind of like offsets it. But especially if I wear my contacts, I have to wear like that heavy winged eyeliner to kind of like feel like my face is full. Yeah, yeah, get that big eye going on. You know, the ancient Egyptians actually um, had a lot of positive connotations Mm -hmm. connected to black. It Mm -hmm. was for them the color of fertility because of the rich black soil that Ah. would be flooded by the Nile. Yeah. So black for ancient Egyptians was also, it was also associated with Anubis, the god of the underworld. And for ancient Egyptians, dying is dope yeah you that's what gonna, you want you want you're gonna hopefully unless your heart weighs more than the feather and then right. it gets eaten Man, by the fucked. what the hell's the name of the the guy oh, the um, monster that eats your heart i used to know and i what cannot he's a, a hippo lion crocodile thing yeah um, and he'll eat your heart he'll eat your heart out <laughs> it's gonna eat your heart but anyway um black has had all kinds of different connotations throughout time yeah so one of the biggest that we associate is with evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ancient Egyptians uh, thought it was good, but the ancient Greeks associated black with the color of the underworld. Right. Because black was the color of the waters of the river um, Acheron. That, oh, is yeah. it Acheron? Uh, I don't know. That Acheron, one. Acheron... I'm bad at that. Separated the world of the living from the world of the dead. Hades mm-hmm. resided on a throne of the ebony. Like the river sticks. That's what I was wondering. Oh, maybe I feel like those ha- those are at least referencing the same idea. Maybe there's more than one river in the underworld. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've never <laughs> there's more there. than one river in the actual world. So that makes sense. The Latin word for black has roots in this word atir. Meaning to darken, and it's also associated with the English word um, of atrocious or atrocity. So mm. this idea that Ooh. that darkness is brutal and evil and cruel. The Romans thought that black was the color of death. So yeah. I mean, we were pretty much a universal yeah association with death, right? And then you have things like the Black Death, the Black Plague, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and even further establishing that connection between black. And death. And, you know, obviously so much of Western culture wears black to funerals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. black is just so associated with mourning and death. And even, like, the pro- again, like, the process of how black is made in many cases. Like, today, black is made by combining multiple colors to make it, like, the least reflective. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you look at things, like, what I already mentioned briefly, you know, like, charcoal is just made on its own. But ink is made largely using soot. So again, it's like whether it's using bones or soot, it's like 
there's this, you know, creation from things that are dead. So like soot, you know, it's, it's once right. was a piece of wood and then mm-hmm. it is no more. It's right. just the ashes. What was once maybe an animal is now a bone and that's used to make these materials. So I think that really is a lot of why mm-hmm. um, there is this really strong connection between black and death or darkness, evil, mm-hmm. like Black Phillip. From the Black Witch. <laughs> if you haven't seen, I feel like we've discussed this movie before on the podcast. I, I don't remember, but if you haven't seen The Witch, it is so good. Watch it. Watch it with subtitles on, though, because it's like this old, <laughs> ye, ye oldie yeah. English from like Puritan era America. And it is I mean, so it is hard to understand. As shit in it's that a way. really good film, but. Merci. Dost thou not understand my English tongue? <laughs> no, <laughs> I do not. Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because um, this whole idea that, like, the Puritans were very much, like, this austere people. And so yeah. black becomes associated with austerity and seriousness. Totally, totally. Yeah. And there's even examples of that um, in 16th century Venice where the Venetians were considered to be like too ostentatious and partying too hard. And so they had to paint their gondolas black to show that, okay, we're huh. going to rein things in now. We're going to be more serious. We are a serious people. Who, yes. who decided that? Who said, like, hey, you can't <laughs> have colorful gondolas anymore? Probably the Doge. Oh, the Doge. I, 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 I'm not sure, actually. It I don't know. In here, but. The Doge's palace ain't rocking any black. No. Like, that is not. That's true. That's a straight up. Perhaps it was a religious zealot cruising through, yeah. as they did. <laughs> yeah. Then. Truly. I can look into it more. It's just mentioned briefly in this book, but I black. Yeah. It also has connotations of being austere, reserved, serious. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's interesting because um, around the 15th century, there was a real transition from like medieval nobility wearing a lot of bright colors and like scarlet and purples yeah. and things yeah, like yeah. that were associated with nobility. And then somewhere around the 15th, 16th century, black becomes the color of noble families, royal families. So magistrates began to wear black robes Mm -hmm. as a symbol of their importance and uh, the seriousness of their positions. There is a famous painting by one Roger van der Weyden. That was good. Weyden. You did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) So um, of the Duke of Burgundy, uh, Philip the Good. And it's one of the earliest examples of someone of high status wearing all black. Um, he's got a whole real sharp outfit going on. That's from around 1450 is that painting. And then black actually becomes the color of the Spanish Habsburgs. So it becomes associated with power, dignity, and also like humility and temperance. So this like really just like we're serious nobles now like we're not out there running around in fancy pants like (laughs) (laughs) literal fancy pants (laughs) our pants are black (laughs) they're black they're not fancy yeah an example would be the portrait of charles v by titian is showing a very sharp charles v in his all black and he looks real good. So <laughs> he's, look, he's looking real good. In he's, that I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's okay. But, um, <laughs> so, so this interesting 
transition from black as evil or somehow associated with death starts to become associated with nobility, starts to become associated with seriousness, with temperance. So it makes a lot of sense. It becomes this emblematic color of the Protestant Reformation in Europe, as well as the Puritans in uh, New England and also in Old England. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Along with that, though, let's go back to the evil. Go back to the evil. Take <laughs> Let us. And it really didn't take a lot to make the connection once again with um, black and witchcraft. And I don't think, we just talked about this, there's like no episode where we're not going to talk about witches <laughs> on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We're not sorry. Um, this idea that the devil is associated with black animals whether it be a black goat as in the witch Mm. as in black philip call him by his name that was a handsome goat by the way (laughs) handsome goat was a good looking goat um a black dog a wolf a bear or even a black rooster so i've seen black the black rooster is kind of something that i've seen on like um and like voodoo and stuff well also we can't we can't miss the obvious black cat the black cat. Like, that's... Um, a witch. A the, witch in the, cat's the black, oh, yes. Yeah, the black cat becomes associated with witches as um, a familiar. Every yeah. witch has their familiar, so the black cat... Poor also, me. apparently we learned this when Ginny and I watched The Witch and then we did some research afterwards. Rabbits are really common familiars. Oh. And I was very excited about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And crows. And ravens, crows. Yeah. You know, sure. the... Um, so you got yeah. you got your bird and crows, I got my rabbit. And- <laughs> crows really are terrifying. They have yeah. facial recognition. No, they're yeah. My they're friend so was cool. tormented by one in front of her apartment. It chased her and oh picked my, at her hair. Oh my well, God, You know what? She probably me. did something. So. <laughs> they had, they, the crows had a nest. <laughs> That's so scary. I, I, mean, I hate that so much. I know, because yeah. they're kind of big birds. Like, Yeah, <laughs> that would be so scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ceremony called a Black Mass or Black Sabbath medal is this moment at midnight where um, witches summon the devil, you know, with, their, with all their blackness. Um, <laughs> in medieval Flanders, a ceremony called Kattenstedt. <laughs> where they threw black cats uh, from the belfry of the cloth hall of uh, Ypres, I'm pronouncing that wrong, <laughs> to ward off witchcraft. So, you know, this is still going on today. Yeah. People, people... People throwing cats off belfries? No, I hope not. <laughs> but I know that people get superstitious, like... Uh, oh, definitely. If a black cat crosses your path, it's supposed to be like a... It's a bad, a bad omen. omen. Yeah, yeah. I get stoked when a black cat... I love cat black cats. ...crosses my path. I have a black dog and he's the best boy well all dogs are the best boy right but he is the best boy <laughs> so let's just Fair. establish that <laughs> no uh, just kidding but but there's this sort of mania of the black being associated with the devil however closer to our our more modern era black begins to really become fashionable mm-hmm. in a in a more um sort of creative way so one of our favorite artists is um our boy rembrandt uh, rembrandt pioneers this uh black palette in mm-hmm. in his work this like grittiness of yeah. the north and um <laughs> so 
<laughs> I really like his. Uh, Maybe that's where back when we were talking on our Eurobabe episode, Eurobabe's episode about our trip. I, there was a part where we were talking about Amsterdam, and I kept talking about like grittiness. It's and gritty. You said it wasn't though. You disagreed with me. Well, no, because like I, okay, here's the you, thing. You you and the, Natalie disagreed with me, and I was like, okay, but like Rembrandt's from Amsterdam, so I think that's what I meant by gritty. I like, think that that is what you meant by gritty, and I think what we thought is that you were saying that the town was somehow gritty, no. which I think that Natalie and I disagreed because I have never seen a cleaner. City. No, it was very clean. I meant it in a very positive way, right? In a very like cool grittiness. You know what? Not it in like is. a dirty grittiness. It's the light. Yeah. It's the light. It's the light. Yeah, and you nailed it. It's the light and and Rembrandt was from the Netherlands mm-hmm. and that is part of his work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think going back to what I said in that episode, that's what I meant is is in a lot of ways Rembrandt's work I think is very representative of that area yes, in a very real way. Totally. Cuz yeah, there's a grittiness about it. There's a darkness. Corey was right. <laughs> 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 Let the record stand. <laughs> so any painting by Rembrandt is um, characteristic of this very black palette. Um, so, of course, the chapter in Ginny's book is um, concerning black and brown. And right. truly, you know, they're very similar colors and they go together. And, and really a lot of that palette is what we see in Rembrandt's work. So his self-portrait of 1659 is a great work to reference, to really get an idea of what we mean by the grittiness Mm -hmm. um, of that sort of northern palette. Yeah. Um, Totally. Moving forward to the Impressionists, we kind of talked about them for a second. Right. This idea of like, no, we don't want to use black. It's all about light. So Gauguin, who we hate. Um, <laughs> Man, fuck that um, guy. Hate. Um, he famously declared, reject black. Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, you know, he's out in Tahiti with his young girls, and he's just like, oh, it's the colors. It's so much color. And well, just, like, dude, okay, the so, light. so there's this common association with like black and like darkness and death and evil and things but like Gauguin was the biggest piece of shit and he hated black so that tells yeah. us something yeah. like because he was insecure because I think he knew that he sucked yeah but I hope he did I hope the, he did too I hope flip side, I hope he was a sad man I think he was he was a piece of shit he had syphilis dude I'll, yeah. Oh, yeah. you can't be that happy when your yeah. face is falling off yeah, yeah. Um, also like you're losing your mind right yeah legitimately legitimately yeah. losing your mind like uh, that drunk history episode about Al Capone when oh my god he, a syphilitic, is, syphilitic moron yeah <laughs> <laughs> I say a dick pus coming out and I didn't do anything about it <laughs> I love that no. episode oh my it's god so good. he's like fishing in his yeah. pool like in his backyard yeah. <laughs> so good. oh my god on the flip side though was Edouard Manet who loved black and became famous for what at the time was considered almost a vulgar use of black. That's a big reason why the infamous Olympia was so hated by critics. One of the biggest complaints about that painting is how sharply defined her body is. Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. uses a black contour on various parts of her body, making her look sharp and making her look not appealing. 
So like we get none of that grand odalisque softness. Right, right. This is a hard working woman. And it's he, a hard body, right? Yeah. <laughs> she works hard for the money. Yeah, she works and, hard. And you better treat her right. Yeah. Um, and Do so it. that's that really kind of freaked people out. And so he was able to achieve that effect by using black. His portrait of, is it Berthe? 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 Oh, how do you pronounce that name? We've, Bert. Yeah. Bert. Oh, it's yeah, Bert. We've talked about <laughs> her before. Bert yeah. Morisot. Um, his his portrait of Bert Morisot is a beautiful work that is very striking and intense. Very much made so by this black palette. She actually had green eyes and he on purpose painted her eyes black Ooh. to create this very striking stare. Totally. Speaking of black eyes. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh. Wait. Oh, that was from the Halloween party. I was about to say, <laughs> why do you have this? This is so scary. Corey just busted out a porcelain doll, which is already terrifying, with black eyes, and I am very scared of that. I'm legitimately afraid of porcelain dolls. I don't. My like dad them. is too. My aunt had a doll like this that she punched the teeth out of and pulled hair out of, and then would hide under his bed at night and wait till he kind of like you know was comfortable, maybe falling asleep, and then she would jump out at him with it. And he's legit very afraid of them. The aunt would. Do you want to take yeah. this? Do you want to freak him out with oh, it? it? No, <laughs> it would be like a serious situation. To be fair, so story. I it's just a doll I found at a Goodwill for our Halloween party last year, and then we thought it would be even better if we blacked out her eyes. So it's truly it terrifying. <laughs> um, back to Manet. <laughs> One last thought on Manet is um, this quote by Pissarro, which I really liked. And uh, Pissarro was another um, Impressionist painter, a contemporary of Manet. Pissarro stated that Manet is stronger than us all. He made light with black. Dope. That that's is a, dope. That is exactly man. That is cool. That's really yeah. cool. And that's the I mean that's what's so cool about it. And like that's you know what other artists were saying too like using black just ma- it highlights so many of the other colors. You need it. We need black. We need it. We need it in the world. Yeah. We need it in art. And we need it. We need it in, in life. Yeah. 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 I'm reminded of that <sighs> quote by um, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Oh, man. I actually got really excited. So someone did a post. I think it posted on our Twitter. Someone did the Zodiac signs as Bob Ross quotes. Oh. And Scorpio got that quote. The the one about, like, needing dark. And, to you know, appreciate, to the, appreciate light. the light. It's, like, my favorite Bob Ross quote. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> feeling emotional. <laughs> it's such a beautiful, that quote after his, yeah. his wife died. Yeah. Where he and talked that's, about, that's yeah. a beautiful sentiment. Sometimes you need the dark to, to yeah, appreciate the light. And it's like, yeah. It's so <laughs> like, It's so real. Also, dark places are fucking cool. Like, yeah. like, come on. That's where the interesting shit happens. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't ever do anything that fun in the light. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the light, too. I love, I love a good, bright, sunny day as much as the next person. But we just talked about how much we love caves. Like, caves yeah. are dark and weird. And, and outer space is dark and weird. And, and like, the, ocean. the deep ocean is dark and weird. Yeah. <laughs> All cool things. Yeah. There's totally. nothing more terrifying to me than 
the Mariana Trench. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. oh I know. Uh, it's dark down there. <laughs> yeah. And James Cameron's been there, director of Titanic. He went what? down there. <laughs> oh, man. I, know, right? man. I am like 100%, 100% convinced that there is insane shit in the ocean. Oh, yeah. That we don't have even the slightest oh, no. conception You don't need to, that's fact. That's yeah. real. That's real. And that's that, like outer space on our planet. Yeah. Down there. And it's like, lurking. We don't even know. It's lurking in the blackness. I love yeah. the, like, what's the, there's the Planet Earth episodes, but there's also a series. God, I can't remember what it's called. It's all about the ocean, and there's episodes about, like, deep sea ocean fish and they're so fucking weird and it's so cool the stuff that goes on down there it's absolutely insane the deep ocean is my idea of what like aliens look like i think there's giants down there yeah probably there's darby giants (laughs) (laughs) oh my god with that we should probably take a quick break (laughs) beware the giants Hey Nat, did you know that the FDA doesn't require tampon companies to disclose a list of the ingredients in their tampons? That's pretty horrifying. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, so major brands use synthetic ingredients in harsh chemical cleansing agents, whereas Lola is 100% cotton and BPA-free. And for those of you who are a little more environmentally conscious and don't even want to use the applicator, they make applicator lists, they make various sizes, and panty liners for those who want them. And yeah, you can customize your subscription so you can get exactly what you need, you know, in the right sizes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it gets delivered directly to your door so you don't have to worry about like... Lazy girl's dream. Exactly. (laughs) Don't have to worry about running off to the store because they will be there every month at your door. Also, $5 off your first box... Come on, guys. Can't beat that. Pretty exciting. Head on over to trymylola.com slash babes. That's B-A-B-E-S. And start your subscription today. Go, guys. Do it. Talking about black. You know it. (laughs) Yeah. You should be familiar with the color black, I hope. But Yes. (laughs) Um, It's it's everywhere. (laughs) It defines most things. Yes. So far, we've been talking about just the history of the color black and its connotations and some important um, moments in art history where black kind of had like a shining moment or defined something. For the second half of the episode, we're going to move into more modern examples of the use of the color black in modern and contemporary art. So I'm going to start by talking about your boy, Kazimir Malevich. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Malevich is um, well known for his black square created in 1915. It's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) It is a painting of a black square. He was originally asked to design a set for a 1913 cubo-futurist opera. Wow. Entitled Victory Over the Sun. All of that was a lot of words. <laughs> no. That's how I felt when I learned about it. I was like, I have many ideas about what that might have looked like, and they're yeah. probably all wrong. Right. But anyways, he was asked, he was part of this group that did this opera. He was asked to design the sets. From what I understand, a lot of it was really crazy and intense and hard to follow, but there was one shining moment at the end of the opera um, where <laughs> the backdrop was a single black square 
on a white backdrop. Was sure. It, a big square or a little square? I think it was the size of black square, so very, you know, medium size. Like, I don't have the exact dimensions, but huh. not huge. Yeah. Against a white backdrop. <laughs> oh. Exactly. <laughs> That was Malevich's reaction. Huh. <laughs> really, this ended up leading to the creation of suprematism, which Malevich coined, which is an art movement that is focused on basic geometric forms and just basic expression of color. It really is breaking down in a very abstract way, art for art's sake. So looking at just the basic elements of art. And Malevich... Not only was he a big proponent of this, but he kind of created it, and he also was very clear about the fact that he created it. He he was definitely one of those artists that was very open about, like, I did this. This was mine. So Black Square, as I said, it's this painting of a black square. And, and obviously this is one of those those moments in art history that people that aren't in super into art and art history really tend to struggle with. Because they're like, how is just a plain black square art? And I think that's an entirely valid question. <laughs> um, it's a valid question. I can try and start to answer it for you. At the end of the day, you still get to decide if you like this painting or not. Yeah. Like, that's your prerogative entirely. But a lot of people have issues with this painting. And that's kind of part of the point. Black square removes all references from anything figural. From anything, really. It's a black square. You don't have any other point of reference than that. There's no figures, there's no motion, there's no narrative. It's pure abstraction. It's a black square. And this painting was introduced to the world at the Futurist Exhibition 010, in, that's the title of it, 010, um, in St. Petersburg in 1915. And the way it was presented is actually also very important because it was hung in the high corner of the room, um, which was a loca- location typically reserved in Russian Orthodox homes for religious icons. So, Whoa. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I could see now what's going on here. So all of a sudden we have these connotations, statements about art, religion, spirituality, the sacred, artistic tradition up until this point. Like so many ideas kind of being thrown out there. I mean, it was also, he was a Russian artist and this was a Russian Orthodox tradition. So he's also making a commentary, like speaking against Western artistic tradition. So just hanging it, just hanging this black square in the corner of a room, all of a sudden takes on all this really intense meaning. At this point, he, he was considered at least credited with being the first painting or the first painter to create a work of art that wasn't of something. So, like, yeah. we're talking early 1900s. We're talking pure abstraction. Like, this is new. You know, since him, there have been other examples of this. Sure. We've had lots of artists play off of this and play with this, and we had a whole minimalist movement. Like, right. we had a lot of things. But at the time of suprematism, at least the way art history is written, Malevich was the first person to do this, to really focus on the element of a black square as, as art in itself. Suprematism has been described as the supremacy of pure artistic feeling. Mm. I think that's kind of the best definition, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Basic geometric forms and color, but 
but they're supposed to be a superiority, a, mm-hmm. a, yeah. something superior about this pure artistic feeling of this black square on a canvas, right? And this obviously resonated with people. Some some people hated it. A lot of people still hate it. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, a real thing. But, but there is something to be said about just that element, that basic element of a black square being a supreme expression of art for art's sake. Interestingly... X-rays have discovered a multicolored supremacist supremacist composition underneath the black square. What? I know. Sure, that is so interesting. I know, right? Okay, so we're just we're just there's so much a there's so much going on here. There's so much going on here. So, oh my god. Okay, so I just got really excited because this entire time that you've been talking, I've been thinking about Jungian philosophy Ooh, and yes, the sure, idea yes. of who, who, yeah, who is a contemporary or you know like yeah they definitely interact yeah they yeah. they these ideas are floating around around the same time and so this notion of Jungian thought that you so Carl Jung really put forth this notion of our shadow side yes and that you should embrace your shadow side and 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 there's a balance there between the light and the dark and and so i'm really excited thinking about that there was this whole colorful composition and then how do you say his name malevich malevich yeah just was like no yeah (laughs) and just covered it in black I think, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I learned this today and was like, whoa. I totally agree. I think that's, there's it, there's so much more to be said about it now. Also, the fact that for years, for decades even, that painting was a, just about being a black square. Mm-hmm. And that's all Malevich talked about it as. Yeah, that's all right. that he repped it as. It's a black square. It's nothing more than a black square. Black square. Like, that's all black it square. was. <laughs> all pure black square. And in a very tangible, material way, it's not just a black square. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Totally. I wish he was alive to make a comment. Right, I'd want to be like, so... <laughs> Sir. Let yes. me know what's going on there. What, what happened? Yeah. Why did you do that? <laughs> like, part of me is like, okay, so was this really actually a big suprematist statement? Or did you just get frustrated with the painting you were trying to make? You painted over it. Which is yeah. fine. Because yeah. if he did get frustrated with it and just painted over it in all black... That is a supremacist statement because he felt then that the all black reigns supreme. Yeah, exactly. Every that was complete color yeah. that he was trying to make something out of before. Exactly. Exactly. It is a very interesting work. Um, he made four versions. The one that's hanging in the Tretyakov Gallery in Moscow is the is the image you'll probably see if you look for a contemporary image of it. And it's in pretty rough shape. Have you guys looked at it recently? No. no. Um, is it still black? Um, kind of. I'm going to pull it up because honestly I think it's interesting the, the current state of Malevich's 
black square. See? Ah. Uh, so. Oh yeah, it's all cracked. It's like a cracked dinosaur egg. <laughs> it does. Um, so it's not all black. It's kind of been cracked and it's not in good condition. Which kind of, in my opinion, makes it an entirely it looks different work. Cool, though. it does. It looks really cool, but yeah. it's, it's an entirely different thing at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it's like this. You really are getting the passage of time for and sure. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, actually. Um, it is in poor state. For um, this is not this was not Milevich's vision yeah but um but it's cool i really appreciate it I yeah it because also especially because black square was you know heralded as this completely black square the fact that over time the light has mm-hmm. has come back through it i yeah. think it's very interesting oh. yeah light and the dark <laughs> we'll have it's an cool. image we'll have an image of it in its current state i saw this this image of it in its current state a while back and for me personally I think it's more interesting like not that it wasn't interesting to begin with but I just think this there's so much more layer like so many more layers to the story mm-hmm. with this one but before we move on from Malevich, interesting interesting story about not really his life more so his death the black square became his trademark through the rest of his life he was known for his black square and so at his funeral, the car carrying his body had a black square on the front. Those in attendance held flags with black squares. One was fixed above, above his coffin, which was designed by a student in the suprematist style. And one marked his grave. And there's actually an image of his grave marker with the black square, so we'll put that up as well. But I was like, wow. He like, took it all the way. He did. He really took it all the way. And I, I don't have respect for that because it's just so oddly fitting. Like, yeah. it really fits. As we talked about before, there's connotations. Like, there's there's a connection between black and death. And, I mean, if you are known for a black square, you might as well take it to the afterlife with you. Yeah, you know? I mean, surely he didn't just, like, hold on to that because he was popularized by it. I, I'm sure that for... Um, Malievich, the black square was very meaningful to him. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is a really beautiful sentiment because, like I mentioned earlier, just this idea of the darkness and the shadowy side within all of us is an interesting concept. And it was something that was floating around during this time that this painting was made. And so it may be that the black square really meant a lot to Milievich in more than just a purely color oriented like visual means maybe a spiritual means as well no Mm -hmm. i think yeah i think it was definitely just part of him especially by the end of his life i'm gonna touch on one other important example of modern art dealing with black kind of moving forward to the 60s Mm -hmm. um so a lot of people have referenced malevich's black square sure so many people right (laughs) like you'll find them all over the place but i really i really love ad reinhardt i love his work and i honestly prefer his abstract painting of 1963 to Malevich's Black Square personally. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's it's a little more interesting and you will find out why. Her, her note says dig it. It does. Yeah. It does. I wrote that down in my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> okay so his abstract painting 1963 at first glance it looks like 
a plain black square, a plain black surface, <laughs> just like Malayevich's. Like right. that's, I mean, I think they're similar in size even. Like yeah. it looks like a plain black surface. In a lot of the low quality images you'll find on the internet, you're really not going to gain the full experience. There are good ones. You will be able to find good ones, but a lot of them you're you're just going to see a plain black square because that happens with the internet and distortion and pixels and all For that sure. stuff. Um, it is actually a three by three grid of squares. Yes, I will pull it up as well. But the four corners have a subtle reddish tone, very subtle. And the two middle squares on the top row and the bottom row have a bluish tone. And then the middle bar horizontally, horizontally (laughs) has a greenish tone. Basically what happens is the cooler toned squares, so the blue and the green toned Mm -hmm. squares make a cross shape. In the center, and then the sure. four corners with the reddish tones kind of serve as the the corners still. Yeah. Um. So it really creates a cross shape in this square, but it looks as though it's a plain black square when yeah. you first look at it. I just pulled it up, and when you, it looks like a black square, does yeah. it not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It looks it, it looks just like a black square. It's blackish. Um, keep looking at it. Let your eyes adjust. This is a actual exercise um, that happened that I I did in my in an undergrad class of mine. It was projected, and we had to like sit there and stare at it for a while. Oh, I see it now. Right. <laughs> it takes a while for your lights to adjust or your eyes to adjust, but also the light in here is not very good, so I think it's a little harder than usual. But this, we'll post the link because this one does actually work if you give it enough time. So the idea is, is it totally looks at first glance and it takes a while, it looks like a black square, but there's actually these subtle color differences mm-hmm. that create oh, this cross. It just happened. You did it? Yeah, exactly. And that's part like that's important. It takes a long time, right? So it takes a long time for you to really notice what's going on. Add Reinhardt, this is what he had to say about this painting. A pure, abstract, non-objective, timeless, spaceless, changeless, relationless, disinterested painting. An object that is self-conscious, no unconsciousness, ideal, transcendent, aware of no thing but art. Quote from Ad Reinhardt. Hmm. Hmm. Now, personally, what he describes, I think Malevich achieves. Mm. I think Malayevich does a better job of what Ad Reinhardt's describing here. Truly. That being said, I like Ad Reinhardt's better because I think what Reinhardt does do, even if it's unintended, is he says something about perception. Right. He says something about color theory. Yeah. And he's also, like, most importantly, saying something about the viewer's willingness to look at a work. Mm Mm-hmm. Going back to our conversation we had with our good friend Alan Templeton, yep. a viewer's ability to actively observe something. Sure. Oh my god. And when he said <laughs> actively observe, I felt like my brain just Aww. like, yeah, like I felt <laughs> like I saw the light because yeah. I was like, I've been trying to figure out for so long how to describe what it is that I really learned as an art historian, like what do I learn as an art historian? What is my skill? And I think that a very short way to describe that is I'm an active, 
active observer. Hell yeah. Which is a big deal. And it also made sense to me because I think that's something that relates to just my personality is like being an observer is just like kind of part of me. I, I, I right. always liked to observe a yeah. lot. Yeah. So it makes sense that I'd be attracted For to sure. something like this because that's what you're learning to do is yeah. actively observe. I yeah. totally agree. I love that term and we're going to use it forever. We're going to talk about it so much. Uh, um, but this painting requires active observation because anyone who just glanced at it would say oh it's a black square most of them probably be like that's not art and they'd walk on but to be honest this work had to had to have taken so much time to perfect to make it create the effect that he wanted it to create right because it looks entirely black the shades are so nuanced like so subtle and so nuanced Mm -hmm. and he's saying something very important about color theory he's representing how these different colors have a different effect he's representing how not all black like all versions of black are the same yeah like he's he's saying a lot of important things but he's also saying stop and look at this painting for a second because if you don't you won't see it yeah and i think that's incredibly important for sure so for me personally and granted i love a good concept so like i love this painting because i think it just has a lot to say on top of the art for art's sake idea i think it's we're delving into perception we're delving into what it means to be a human that sees things Mm -hmm. um all in a black square yeah which is pretty cool it is cool one last quote by him there's a black which is old and a black which is fresh lustrous black and dull black black in sunlight and black in shadow mm. sure man right that's true. really good that's yeah. true also because as someone who wears a lot of black <laughs> sometimes your blacks don't match and you're just like god damn it right it also reminded me of that episode of parks and rec at little sebastian's funeral where tom haverford like shows jerry all the different blacks and like jerry's like they're all black and tom haverford's like excuse me it's true though there is there is totally. more than one black okay one yeah. last last thing did you guys want to because those are conceptually speaking those are big works like do you guys have any other thoughts on them or a lot of people struggle with them a lot of people hate them I don't hate them I don't hate them I don't think I've ever struggled with The Black Square by Malevich because I remember when I first learned about that work and being in an art history class in my community college at the time and dealing with having people in that class comment like that's not art they just painted something black I just remember being so captivated by this work and there's a lot to be said about these pure what the style is described as at least um in this description of the work we're looking at right now by Reinhardt these color field paintings Mm -hmm. yeah um there is something totally meditative about looking at a pure color painting and black is one of those colors that is the void. When you look into black, you're looking into the void. You're being pulled into the absence of color, which Mm -hmm. is 
in our universe, black is considered the absence of color. When we're talking about pigments, it's a whole different yeah, story. Yeah. Right. But if you listen to our color theory episode, we'll get into that. Yeah, it's yeah. complicated. Yeah, it's very complicated. And what what ultimately black is is that which absorbs all and reflects none. Yeah, and that is which in and of really itself, cool and oof, amazing what? to think about. What? Yeah, you know. That's why when you're wearing black out in the sun, you get all hot. Yeah. Because just absorbing all that sunlight. Yeah, you're absorbing all the sunlight. You know, black is this universal sort of color that denotes this, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like the somberness. And, And I dig that. So me too. I've always liked that painting, and then now I've never really looked at Reinhardt's, right. but I love this. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think it promotes as well, because when people look at this and say it's not art, that's like such a snap judgment. And mm-hmm. I think that this kind of work and pretty much all art should can like encourage you to really take the time and be an active observer, mm-hmm. um, but also really just to look at something and see if it makes you feel some feelings other than just looking at it and being like, well, there's not a scene. I can't tell what anything (laughs) is. Like, it's not art. So I think these are really good examples of doing that and using black especially just makes that that much more profound, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, especially thinking about the time period, it's an opportunity to just be challenged as a viewer. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's so many different ways to look at and think about these works. So Definitely check them out. We'd also like to hear your opinions, unless it's like, my kid could do that. We don't need to hear that. But, like... I mean, if you do say that, then... Um, Back it up. <laughs> send me a picture. Yeah, exactly. To us. Yeah, don't that would actually it. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> have your kids sit down and paint a black square, and then we'll have a very... We'll have a um, viewing party. <laughs> we'll have a viewing party where we'll, we'll actively observe yeah. these works. Yeah, so. that sounds great. Definitely would love to hear your thoughts on these, on these paintings. Also, this is kind of a throwback to one of our color theory paintings. Our color theory episodes. We talked briefly about the color black in, I want to say, color theory part two. Yes. And we talked about the invention of Vanta Black, mm-hmm. which right. is the blackest black. Well, there's a new super black on the market. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. And it's called Singularity Black. Whoa. These names. Which I am obsessed with the name because Singularity is a reference to the center of a black hole. Sure. Right? That's pretty much the blackest place you can go. I know, right? (laughs) Also, the Singularity refers to the idea that eventually all of humanity is going to like be connected through te- technology and we're going to just be like one one big super consciousness. I'm not down. I know, but I also just think that's an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I think that connotation also makes it a really interesting name. Right. Um, so Singularity Black is a great name. It's a solvent-based paint that absorbs almost all light and makes objects look utterly flat. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I want to see it. I want to hold it. <laughs> It's super cool. Shit literally like disappears. Like it's nuts. Like yeah. if you like, it's really cool. Wait, like it's not even there? Or no? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you said it literally disappears. <laughs> well, because it's so like it's so black and it's so smooth, it kind of turns into like a black hole. Like Whoa. yeah, it's cool. Whoa, that's um, crazy. I've heard that. I've I haven't heard about singularity black, but I heard that Vanta black when something is, it looks like it's a hole. Yeah. In like 
the atmosphere. It's the same, basically. It's, it's kind of the same effect. Wow. Technically, when you get down to numbers, Vanta Black is still darker. However, Singularity Black is important because it was developed by Nanolab in Massachusetts. They've been working with NASA since uh, 2011. It's a really great tool for, like, the aerospace community. Um, Sure. It has has a lot of science-y benefits. But what's important is that... So essentially with Vanta Black, this was about a year ago when Vanta Black, you know, hit the scene. And the artistic community kind of received a slap in the face when um, the artist Anish Kapoor, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I actually like a lot of his work, but I'm not happy about this. He uh, um, received exclusive rights to use Vanta Black. That's fucked. Right. So how did he do that? I think he bought it. Is he just wealthy? He's a well-known artist. <laughs> is he just a wealthy man? <laughs> I mean, I want to know. Wealthy, he's, sir? He's a successful artist. Um, Whatever. I've never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, his work is pretty cool. We're but, just mad. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I'm okay. I'll get on the hate train because this isn't cool. And it was a total bummer for just, like, you know, solidarity in the arts community. Yeah. But Singularity Black is available to all. Fuck yeah. And it essentially does the... I mean, it does do the exact same thing as Vanta Black. Equal Opportunity Black. Exactly. It's not cheap, to be fair. Right. Um, a, 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 like, nail polish size thing uh-huh. is, like, $30. Yeah. So it's not... That's kind of cool. I mean, I feel like I would want to buy some. Yeah. And it, just, like... Paint your nails? Uh, <laughs> and watch my nails disappear? I actually don't think it'd probably be, like, because it's... It's not regular paint. Like, yeah. I, you put it on your skin. Yeah, don't put it you on your skin. You said solvent-based, and I'm like, I'll put no, it on my eyes. You're actually, like, okay, so it's available to all, but, like, the coding process takes a lot of, like, knowledge oh, and understanding. Okay, okay. They're very open to sharing the process. Like, artists want to use it in their studio. Yeah. Are welcome to come learn how to use it. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're very open about that, but it does take time and effort. Yeah. Um, you also, it's not... a you don't want to put it on your wall. It's just not going to work right. Like, it's okay. not the type of paint that works that yeah. way. What do you put it on? A spaceship door. <laughs> you can put it on a lot of things. Like, you're just, yeah, you just don't want to paint a room with it. It has to do with, you can, um, I think you can do it on, like, ceramics, you know. It, it needs um, anything that is going to absorb the paint. It's not going to work the same. Does that make sense? So okay. something that's not going to absorb it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they are working on on moving it forward into a version that is going to be more universal that you could paint your walls with kind Whoa. of a thing. Which would be crazy. That would be crazy. I like Dude. black, but I don't know if I'd paint my walls black. Yeah, I have some friends um, in the Bay Area that are very into, like, metal and uh, darknesses mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. And they painted the interior of their home black. And I will say that it's a little bit much. I, I mean, actually like did that lot. High school. Whoa. <laughs> Way too cool. <laughs> my, um, I had a room in the basement, my, like, junior year in high school, and I painted the walls black and the ceiling, like, uh, kind of bright blue. Like, not a That's light, like blue. a bright blue, and then I did some, like, blue splatters on the walls. Uh-huh. But, yeah, my walls were, were black. 
which was kind of a lot. I tried to accent it with like lots of bright colors in the room, like like bright as in like neon. Like yeah. I tried to accent it with lots this of neon. This was like a raver room. It was. <laughs> it really was. And my friends come over. Like, let's fucking paint this room black. That sounds um, really cool. Actually. It was cool. It was fun. I don't know that I'd do it again. But yeah, so Singularity Black, it's pretty dope. One of the first examples of it being used for artistic purposes is Jason Chase's Black Iron Ursa, which I really love. There will be an image posted. It's um, this work in which he coated a sculpture shaped like a gummy bear in this black. (laughs) Yeah, and then he put the sculpture, this crazy black hole of, of a sculpture, on a circular surface that has like colored rays like all different colors like red orange yellow on the surface but in the very center there's a gummy bear shaped object that is this black that will eat your soul (laughs) and it's really cool i I think it's a really great work i was very i was very intrigued by it and he's having like a lot of fun playing with it um because just in general it's just great for experimentation for yeah, artists um yeah. there's just a lot of possibilities and it's it's such a new thing that no one really knows where it's going to go or, or how artists are going to use it but there's a lot of possibility for it and it is available to the artistic community so that's really exciting i'm really excited to see how people use it oh i just like pulled up a picture of yeah, it and dope. it looks so weird you know right isn't what? it cool is that like a is that like a, a life-size gummy bear like a little no one? I, it's bigger okay amazing singularity black i love the name i'm really yeah i'm thinking of things like black holes now and like <laughs> how just i'm gonna watch some like <coughs> oh excuse me documentaries about black mm-hmm. holes or something tonight i'm like yeah i makes. i mean we just talked about Hilma clint and now we're talking about like black and like yeah. the ether and yeah. shit like i just yeah. i just want to learn yeah, about these yeah. there's some other realms yeah i right? know i really do want to go to another realm speaking of realms i don't know we just had the eclipse mm-hmm. um yeah. over here on the west coast um so i mean everywhere in the united states yeah is, um, this episode will not air one of the best like, viewing places was where i went to undergrad salem oregon yeah one of the best viewing places was also nebraska yeah. wow. like really close yeah. to where i was a friend of mine was at the same big it was a park and there was a huge huge like like tons of people were there fucking bill nye was there <gasps> yeah i would have been There's freaking pictures out. of her like bill nye's behind her sure. in this random town in nebraska because it was just like peak viewing yeah. for the eclipse that's amazing i've decided though i'm Next time it happens, I'm traveling somewhere where there's totality. Next time it happens, yeah. there will be totality in Mexico. Oh, and I am go. going to Mexico in 2024 to go look at this eclipse. I, I want to go. Be, yeah, we're going to go. On top of a god dang pyramid. Yes. And I want to yes. be like, Black hole sun, yeah. won't you come? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You watch out for it. 2024 art history, babes. Mexico. Black, Mexico. Black, Black hole sun. sun. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. That sounds great. I want to go back to Mexico and I really want to go to Mexico with you because I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm hella fun in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Mexico. Yeah. It's 
only place on a book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. This whole celestial event just happened. And I think that at the end of the day, our fascination with the color black is that black is this celestial thing. It's another realm. It's another yeah. realm. It's the color of the universe. It's the absence of color, which blows my mind to think right. about sounding very, I don't know, dumb. Like, <laughs> when you close your eyes, it's black. Um, and that's another thing. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, when, we're, when we're in darkness, it's universal that humans are, we seek shelter from the dark. Like, mm-hmm. we need to, like, but we also need the darkness. For sure. And you, you know, you can't really function if you don't have a regular circadian yeah. rhythm, yes. we need the dark. And yeah. so humanity will always have a really complicated relationship with blackness and darkness. Yeah. And I just think that um, it is so fascinating that we're doing this because are we doing this with any other pigments where we're trying to get the bluest of the blue? I mean, to an extent we are. I think that is like a thing that's happening as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the... I think you're right. I think black means something. Yeah, for sure. It's like a sensation. Sure. Like, oh, the bluest of the blue is just like, oh, fuck, that's yeah. really blue. Like, but ah. the blackest of the black is like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So, very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm into the blackness. We're all into it. We all wear a lot of black a lot of the time. Yeah. It's a pretty common color in our wardrobe. We all wore black to our MA thesis orals, yeah. and that was not planned. Not at all. It really wasn't. <laughs> we all showed up and were like, we're wearing black. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I almost wore the most ridiculous dress <laughs> that had like a rattlesnake like pattern on it. I don't yes. know what I was thinking, but I bought this dress and was really excited about it. And the day of I put it on and it was just like, no, <laughs> not gonna this is not right. It's not, it's not right. And we uh, all showed up in full black, yeah. like full black attire. Um, and we looked fly as shit. So we did. Yeah. So now all of our pictures just look amazing. No, we're all just like, well, damn. What's up? So yeah. True. We did look good at the club. Oh man. We looked so good. We did. Anyway. We wrapped it. Yeah. Any other thoughts on black? I mean, honestly, I feel like it, we could talk about it for a very long time because yeah. there's a, we barely touch the surface of artists that who have dealt with the I color know. black. Yeah. Like, like there's yeah. so much more. If you, every time we do a color episode, it's there's so much more to uncover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably have a whole podcast on color. I don't know. That'd be cool. I mean, who knows, right? (laughs) We ain't it, but we do love our colors, and black is really fascinating to us, this idea that you mix all the pigments together, you have black, but in nature, black is the absence of color. And that just makes my brain It's go all crazy. of them and none of them at yeah. the same time. It's so beautifully, like, representative of all of existence. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's everything and it's nothing at the same yeah. time. Which, life is everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know? There, you know, those of you out there struggling with your darknesses, embrace the darkness. They're, they're, a, they're a cool place. Yeah. If, if you yeah. can approach them with the right mindset. Yeah. For sure. 
And, For sure. Um, but also go out in the sun sometimes, too. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. vitamin D is a thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you need it. So, yeah, yeah. So um, true. Balance, really, I guess, yeah, is, just, is the, the lesson. I think but. it's what? It's like 20 minutes in the sun without sunblock, <laughs> and you're good. Yeah. 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 It's a solid amount of time to give, spend in the sun. Give it a chance. And then you can go back into your Vanta black whole sun yeah. uh, cave. Honestly, though, I'm just like, I think, I don't know. I'm a very colorful person. I like being out in the sun. I like bright yeah, things. you're wearing very colorful I, Right now. I am. I'm wearing their yoga pants that are like kind of crazy tie dye. They look like they're on fire. Yeah, yeah, they do. There's like galaxies in my yoga sure. pants, but um, like I love bright colors and I love I love bright things. But it's like you can only do that for so long, and then yeah, it's a balance because then when the right time comes along, it's really fun to just go to go dark to go into the maybe less bright, exciting things. And you just kind of have to, I think, oscillate between the Mm -hmm, two in a mm -hmm. very healthy way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes you a much more interesting person. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Black. We dig it. We just just pulled apart the philosophy of black. I think that we did. (laughs) And I feel, like, proud of that. I feel enlightened. Yeah. I, you know, I encourage you all to stare at a black painting square. for a yeah. while yeah. make your own black square send us pictures of your black square and tell us what you pondered upon <laughs> after um gazing into the void for a while yeah i want to hear what you're thinking about yeah. when you're gazing at the void do it that sounds and amazing that's actually. your homework <laughs> paint a black square and gaze upon it yeah. And, um, I'm going to do that tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm probably going to do that too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what else? What else do we have to do? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I literally don't have anything else to do. So. Also, you could gaze into this doll's eyes. No, for I a while. would rather not. That <laughs> man. That doll man. needs to go. When you, it is. That's the to go Yeah. File, when so. you move, do not take that. Because. <laughs> it will haunt my doll. It probably home. has yeah. a spirit in it. It probably does. Let it, let it be on its way. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to our episode about black. Make sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash art history babes for extra bonus art history babes material. Yeah. There are some of you out there that need more of us. And guess what? Now you got it. <laughs> We're doing bonus episodes for anyone who becomes a patron on our Patreon um, at any level. And, yeah, every month you'll get an extra Art History Vapes episode. Mm-hmm. So definitely head over and check that out. Mm-hmm. We also, probably by the time this episode drops, actually, we will have merch. We're on the eve of merch. Yeah, so arthistorybabes.com. There will be a merch tab. You head on over to it. Yeah. And get your t-shirts. Yeah. Get your mugs. Yeah. Get your canvas bag. <laughs> yeah. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, also check us out on all of the social medias. Like us on Facebook, please. Write us on iTunes review and we will love you for the rest of our lives. Yes, please do. Also email us any comments, thoughts, questions. Yeah. Uh, We sincerely appreciate you. If you do our black homework, take a picture, post it on Instagram, tag us. We want to see what you you did and we want to see what you thought. We just want to know. I wonder, I mean, if I know you in your your soul. Yeah, I do. I want to know what you thought about, like, gazing into the blackness so. i feel like we've talked about a lot of heavy ideas here so we would love some some responses yeah do it sure. like right after the episode too like let these thoughts marinate in your brain while you look at the blackness yeah, yeah. all right uh.
Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. <laughs> From Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the art history babes. Wow. <laughs> Corey, do you need a... A Ricola. <laughs> Honestly, looking at like the sound waves when it you said like, that, like, <laughs> said. like a centipede. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.